What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. If you love cars, trucks, and SUVs, we talk about them on Drive Chicago, brought to you by Bettenhausen Automotive of Tinley Park and Orland Park. Their website is bettenhausenautomotive.com. Here's what's coming up on today's show. We'll update you on the Chicago Auto Show, how to buy tickets and make a staycation out of it. We'll tell you what uh, nice places there are to stay at around McCormick Place. Take a look at the Ford F-150 Hybrid. And we'll catch up with our friends from BMW to talk about the iX. And in our quick spin segment, it is the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. I'm Rob Martier, along with Mark Bielek, General Manager of Drive Chicago, and auto enthusiast Jim O'Brill, who's very busy as the Chicago Auto Show Marketing Director. Mark, if anyone wants more information on the vehicles we talk about on this show every week, where can they go? They can visit drivechicago.com. And Jim, what if someone has a question? You can reach out to us through the website or on any of our social channels, including Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Okay, here's what's making news this week. After a concept was shown last September, the significantly redesigned 2022 Infiniti QX60 has finally been revealed. And inside and out, it's a huge design improvement It has more traditional SUV exterior with a much more modern and luxurious-looking interior, complete with an infotainment system from this decade. Thank you. As expected, the production of the QX60 looks just like the concept, and that's a good thing. Jim, let's start there. This QX60, and I'll say looks sporty and rugged. Why don't you go ahead and paint a picture for us, because it is a good-looking SUV. Yeah, I I would say the the old version was kind of forgotten about it in some regards and this new one definitely is more attention grabbing it shares a platform with its cousin the uh, nissan pathfinder which was com- completely redone as well for 2022 um, and we're seeing a lot more chrome and luxurious accents that complement that kind of rugged shape so it is a nice blend of of ruggedness and luxury and then the details like if you look at the grill and it's outlined in chrome and then you can see infinity embossed on the grill um, like it's kind of spelled out. So there's just little details that they do to it. And then around back, you know, they've got this LED uh, strip light that goes across the trunk. The license plate has been dropped into the bumper. So it kind of gives the back a whole different look compared to what the old QX60 looked like. Um, I- I'm really liking it. The colors, there comes with a two-tone color option now that, that wasn't available before. And it really looks uh, pretty classy, and I, not one that you're going to forget. When you see this on the road, I think you might do a double take um, and, and question, what is this new new vehicle rolling by? Yeah, I've always liked when manufacturers emboss something on the car. It just looks classier as opposed to just some sort of sticker or badge. That's a nice uh, little accent as well. Mark, inside the vehicle, under the skin, as you like to say, a nice 3.5-liter V6 and some good towing capacity as well. Yeah, they bumped up the towing to about 6,000 pounds, which is really good for the class. Uh, This luxury kind of crossover vehicle usually is 5,000 pounds and under. So it's a nice little plus. Um, They added in the nine-speed automatic to this tried and true 3.5 liter V6, which, you know, is going to make for kind of an exemplary powertrain for the way that people drive crossovers. You see a lot of smaller turbocharged engines in this class. And they're pretty good. They, they do a good job with fuel economy and, and they do have the power, but sometimes 
there's like a uh, disconnect. It's like an on off switch where you either get great fuel economy or great performance. Uh, and, you know, basically your 3.5 liter V6 is a sweet spot for providing both uh, in with a seamless transmission. So I think that's pretty cool. I mean, on the inside, uh, it's got quilting overload, as I like to call it. Uh, it seems like this new this new wave in the car design is to kind of quilt seats. And, and this thing has not only quilted seats, but it's got a quilted dashboard and quilted door panels and all sorts of uh, unusual kind of styling touches. But it kind of works and it looks really, really good. I, I mean, I think... Uh, Infinity has a great opportunity here to gain sales because while the, the old QX60 was a good vehicle, it just kind of languished in the class, and this one's definitely going to stand out. Quilting gone wild, so if there's an increase in sales, <laughs> we can credit that. Moving along, the 2021 Ford Mustang Mach-E GT and GT Performance Editions finally have official EPA range ratings, and they beat Ford's original estimates by a wide margin, when Ford dropped the final power specs and features for the GT version of the Mach-E, it claimed a 250-mile range for the standard GT and 235 miles for the GT Performance Edition. Final EPA testing sees the official range on the GT rise to 270 miles, the GT Performance Edition to 260 miles. Mark, that's all good news, but the cynic in me thinks that this was by design from Ford set those expectations low publicly, they probably knew what the range was going to be. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, typically uh, U.S. manufacturers have done that where they've kind of been conservative in both horsepower and fuel economy ratings so that customers are surprised and delighted when they <laughs> actually get their hands on the metal. And uh, this is no different. But I, I mean, I'm just so excited that this GT is showing up. I mean, 480 horsepower, 600 pound-feet of torque. I mean, those are, are sports car numbers. And uh, I'm really excited to try and get behind the wheel of one of these. Yeah, Jim, from a marketing standpoint, it makes for a good tweet. Hey, look at our range. It's all great <laughs> it absolutely does and and you know we we kind of joked when this car first came to market about throwing the mustang name on an electric crossover but when it starts putting out numbers like these uh you know the 480 horsepower and and, and everything else that it's, it's offering it it makes sense I, I did have the chance to spend some time in the in the mustang maki -E and and it's a quick vehicle and it is worthy of the mustang name even if you're a, a loyal mustang enthusiast i get why they did it yeah, and at uh, first blush at last year's auto show, I thought it was a unique look. I'm really warming up to it, and I've seen a few on the road as well, and they do look nice. Okay, moving along, Jaguar wants to reinvent itself again, this time as a purveyor of EVs that competes in the luxury space dominated by Bentley. It outlined a turnaround plan written to help it move up market while launching a new range of models. An official confirmed that the design work for an entirely new range of Jaguar models has been completed. And Auto Express speculates the portfolio will initially consist of three models, a two-door sports car, likely a follow-up to the F-Type, and a pair of crossovers. Jim, let's start with you. Your thoughts? Yeah, we've seen Jaguar reinvent themselves a few times over the years. Um, you know, there, there's a long history with the name and I don't know, going all the way up to Bentley, you know, when right now their, their e-pace starts sub $40,000 and, and Bentleys are all well over $100,000, you're, you're making a fairly big jump. I mean, some of the, the Jags will, will climb over 100000 when fully equipped, but, but you're really dropping, you know, your whole customer base that's, 
under a hundred thousand there because you're playing to a different audience. And to that, if that's their goal, then it probably disbanding all the models that we currently know makes sense. Um, and just coming out with something completely new. Although I think they were onto something with the E-Pace and the I-Pace and uh, the F-Type. I, I think those cars look good and, and you know, priced, you know, fairly reasonably, but apparently sales just aren't strong enough, um, which is why they're looking to do this. Yeah, the F-Type has always been one of my favorites. Mark, uh, from Jaguar, we could assume safely that there will be some power under the hood. Oh, absolutely. And it's not easy for any automaker to climb into a new class. Look at Mazda, how long they've been struggling to become premium mainstream. Uh, and they still, you know, are struggling there, even though they're producing great vehicles. And, and the same here goes with Jaguar. They finally get their act together. They finally start selling some great vehicles. And along comes Maserati and Alfa Romeo and, and even uh, some upstart brands like Genesis and start to, to eat their lunch because they're basically selling the same in the same class. So Jaguar says, all right, we're, we're going to have to take a step back here and we're going to figure out where we fit in the marketplace. And they think they fit as a premium, premium uh, luxury vehicle like Bentley. And that, that's possible. They have the name cachet to do it. So I'm interested to see where it goes. See, boys and girls, capitalism and competition. It's a good thing. <laughs> Used car market has stepped into Jerry's bizarro world, gentlemen. When it was new, the window sticker price on a typical 2019 Toyota Tacoma SR double cab pickup was just under $29,000. Two years later, dealers are paying almost $1,000 more than that to buy the same vehicle, even though it's used. Then they're selling it to consumers for more than $33,000. This is the wacky world of the U.S. car and truck sales market right now, where the pandemic and global shortage of computer chips have pushed prices to record levels. Uh, Mark, we've kind of touched on this before. This right here in black and white illustrates what we've touched on and said that uh, if you've got a halfway decent used car and you're looking to either get into something new or just shed yourself of that car, now is the time to sell. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But you've got to keep in mind that these selling for more than you paid for are unique vehicles that are in high demand. Um, you know, if, if you've got just your run-of-the-mill kind of rental type of car that, you know, you, you bought a few years back, don't expect to get more than you paid for it. But that being said, if you've got a car that's just sitting around not doing anything, dealers would absolutely love to pay you for that vehicle and they will pay top dollar. And Jim, I know you love your forerunner. You've kept it in tip top shape. I don't think you're planning on selling it anytime soon, but this bodes well for you, my friend. It does. And I mean, mine's a little bit older, but yeah, these are, those are the type of vehicles, the ones that have kind of a niche following, you know, whether it's the F-150 Raptor, Jeep Wranglers, the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, and the Toyota Tacoma and 4Runner. These are cars that are making the list that, it, especially if it's only a, a year or two old, that you might get more than you originally sold. And those prices are also being driven up by, you know, the online used sellers like Carvana that are, are doing these offers online and then in order for dealers to compete, they're kind of forced to, you know, pay even more for those trade-ins, which then in turn, they're selling them for a higher price. So it's, it is a weird uh, turn of events as, as things just kind of go from one to the next. Uh, but there's also vehicles like the Palisade and the Kia Telluride out here that are just a, a mainstream mid-sized crossover that also kind of fall in this category. Um, they're just not producing them fast enough. So those are also vehicles that if, 
if you have one, you might be able to resell it at a price higher than you initially yeah. paid for if you jumped on it initially. As Johnny Carson used to say, it's weird, wild stuff, wacky stuff. This used car market. There you go. That's it for my impersonations. Uh, this next headline plucked specifically for me. Thank you, Mark. Hyundai is sharing heavily doctored images of the upcoming Elantra N, offering a taste of what its performance arm plans to do when unleashed upon the rest of the company's lineup. The Elantra N could arrive in the United States by the end of the year or perhaps early next year and is likely to yield a wilder spirit than just about everything else in the segment. I'm very happy about this, guys. I, I like when you take a particular lineup in a particular segment and then you just beef it up. Jim, I, and not only that, but the Elantra N looks good, at least from the pictures I've seen. Yeah, the all-new Elantra you know, is certainly kind of a head-turning vehicle in that class. Um, it's very stylistic, so it kind of works to give it this super sports car treatment. Um, and there's not really going to be anyone else that it competes with in this class, especially if it does offer the kind of performance numbers that the Veloster N does. You know, the Veloster came out and, and kind of came out of nowhere to compete with cars like the Volkswagen GTI. None of Elantra's competitors offer something like this. The closest thing is probably the Jetta GLI um, in terms of kind of a performance and fun to drive aspect. And if, if Hyundai gets this right um, with the Elantra being kind of a light car, this could be a real fun car. And I, I hope they really push the, the limits on it since they have such a fair like base car, they might as well go wild with it and, and make it a super fun car. Um, it's probably not going to be their top seller Elantra, but for those that are interested in something fun and different, I think it'll be a cool vehicle to have in the lineup. Yeah, Mark, expect the sticker price to go up a little bit on this Elantra end, but I think they will have buyers. Yeah, it could. I mean, I'm I'm thinking slap on some all-wheel drive and give me a Mitsubishi Lancer Evo. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking here. Uh, you know, give me a manual transmission. Let me have some fun. But, you know, Veloster N was an amazingly fun vehicle to drive on the racetrack. Jim and I were talking last week about maybe it wouldn't be so fun to drive on the road. And so Hyundai's got to get a delicate balance here where they they go uber performance with this vehicle, but they don't make it so intimidating that buyers will be like, that's fun to test drive, but I, I need to, you know, um, not go this direction just because it's too much. So Jim's right. I mean, they got to find that right balance between adding performance and still making it, you know, streetable. All right, let's wrap it up with this, gentlemen. So y you ever notice that if you have a pickup, all of a sudden you become everyone's best friend. There we go. Uh, you know, because they want you to haul around things like lumber tools. Of course, your friend's studio apartment, he'll ask you to help move him as well. Now, normally you'd have to kind of estimate the weight of the load. Well, now you can get rid of that big Toledo scale next to the truck because Ford says that the 2021 F-150 is hitting dealer lots starting late this summer will come with two additional optional features to help you haul or tow. Onboard scales and a smart hitch. Mark, take it from there. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of cool. And the technology is there if they've got this kind of adjustable suspension to figure out how much weight is in the vehicle. And people overload their trucks all the time. They don't even realize it. And even your SUVs and stuff, usually their, their payload ratings in between you know 800 and, and maybe 1,500 pounds, maybe a little bit more if you've got a, a little heavier duty vehicle. 
And so if you, if you put four passengers, remember a lot of trucks now are five seaters. Um, so if you put four full-size adults in there and fill the bed, you're going to go beyond the payload rating for the vehicle, which makes it a little bit unsafe to drive, puts a little bit more stress on the brakes and transmission than, than are designed. And, you know, you could end up with some problems. So I think this is a really nice feature. Plus, you know, you can tell your buddy, hey, look, I'm at my payload rating. I can't haul anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you later. Here's a simple rule of thumb. If there are sparks flying from the rear of your truck, <laughs> chances are you've overloaded the thing. Jim, quickly, your thoughts. No, I, this just further, you know, we're going to talk about the F-150 in the next segment. Ford really is focusing on function with these vehicles and, and making them user-friendly. And, and this added technology is, is just another great feature as to why it's the number one selling truck out there that, you know, it, it just becomes an extension of your work and daily life with stuff like this and makes it really easy to own. Optional now, but I would suspect that Ford would put it as a standard feature in the coming years. We have to pause right here, but first a reminder that you can find out more about the vehicles we cover by checking out drivechicago.com. Coming up, we'll take a close look at the Ford F-150 Hybrid and also talk about next month's Chicago Auto Show. It's all right here on Drive Chicago on WLS AM 890. Welcome back to Drive Chicago, drivechicago.com general manager Mark Bielek and Chicago Auto Show marketing director Jim O'Brill. They get to drive a lot of vehicles, but before we get to what's in the spotlight this week, Jim, let's start with next month's Chicago Auto Show, July 15th through the 19th, chicagoautoshow.com or drivechicago.com for more information. And we still want people to know how they can get tickets. Most already do, but let's remind them where they can get tickets. Yeah, their tickets are on sale now and they're sold exclusively online. So if you haven't already bought them, go ahead and log on to the website and get those tickets purchased. You can pick your day and your time. Uh, we mentioned last week, we're no longer capping the time that you have to be there. So you can stay longer than four hours. You can spend the whole day there and stick around for the street fest at night. But but log in and, and get those tickets online. There will not be an, a box office at the show this year. So make sure to do that. And then, you know, while you're on the website, check out our, our hotel partners page you really can make a staycation out of it. You know, summer in Chicago is one of the best times to be downtown. If you're a family like mine that lives out in the suburbs and want to have a little getaway and, and get out of the daily uh, routine in the suburbs, come book a hotel. We've got partners with the Marriott Marquis Chicago and then the new Hilton Trio uh, that's right there, right where the Street Fest is going to be happening. There's special rates out there. You can find those on our website and the About Us page. But book those rooms and, and come for the show during the day, uh, stay overnight and, and spend the next day down at the beach in Chicago or walk around the city. It's a, a great time to experience. Yeah, indeed. And I'm glad, Jim, you brought that up because where McCormick Place is situated, some might not know, very walkable. You have easy access to the lake. Of course, McCormick Place is nicely situated. It's going to be a lot of fun. So again, check out ChicagoAutoShow.com or DriveChicago.com for more information. Okay, Jim, what's in the spotlight this week? So we're going to talk about the 2021 Ford F-150. It was uh, introduced last year with the new exterior and interior stylings, new powertrains, and updated technology. While still visually similar to the previous generation, it's 92% all new from the outgoing model. Uh, F-150 buyers now have their choice of five traditional engines and for the first time ever, a hybrid powertrain. Beyond the powertrain options, there are six trim levels known as the XL, XLT, Lariat, King Ranch, Platinum, and Limited. 
And then under the hood, there's the all the powertrains uh, range from 250 up to 430. It'll take a while to go through them all, but know that there's a variety there. Uh, but the most powerful one and the most fuel efficient one is the 3.5 liter power boost full hybrid V6 that delivers 430 horsepower and 570 pound feet of torque. Uh, prices range from just under 29,000 for an XL regular cab and go all the way up to 78,000 plus for the limited Super Crew Hybrid 4x4. There's really a, a F-150 configuration to meet any truck buyer's needs. Uh, competition includes the Chevy Silverado, GMC Sierra, Nissan Titan, Ram 1500, and the Toyota Tundra. Two reviews up at drivechicago.com right now. Mark Bielik, Jim O'Brill also has a YouTube video that you want to check out. It's very good, if I do say so myself. Uh, Mark, Jim just touched on it. What Ford has done with this F-150 through the years has really made it a truck that if you are a contractor, they've got one for you. If you want something in between, there's that. And then if you want to just go luxury with the King Ranch and the Platinum versions, uh, you can go that route as well. Ford has done a great job with this truck. That's why it's the segment leader. When you think about big trucks today, you think Ram, you think Silverado, you think F-150. Those are all great trucks. No doubt, if you had a five-year-old pickup and you got into one of these today, you would say, oh my gosh, what just happened? Uh, I got into a vehicle that is not only a truck, but is basically a wonderful car too, <laughs> except for really supersized. Um, and so what what Ford did here with F-150 is they said, all right, what can we do to make F-150 stand out? A couple of things. One, they added this hybrid powertrain, which, I mean, Jim, you drove it, I drove it. It's amazing. It is smooth. It is powerful. It's quiet. And it gets really good fuel economy uh, for a truck, 25, 26 miles per gallon, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and then they added an onboard generator so that you can plug stuff in at the tailgate. If you're a contractor, you can step up and get an even more powerful onboard generator that can power a whole worksite worth of tools. Very, very cool. I, I just, I think Ford, they're thinking, it's kind of like when Chrysler brings out a new minivan, uh, the rest of the minivan world looks at it and says, oh my gosh, I didn't realize <laughs> those things were missing. Uh, and that's what they did here. Mark's spot on with that thought process and Ford pulls its consumers, they talk to their consumers and they determine what is needed to make it a functional truck for them. You know, Mark mentioned the generator, which is huge. There's also, you know, lighting, the whole bed can light up. You can configure the lighting. So if you're working in the evening and the daylight's dropped, you've got lighting there. And then on the inside, you know, the technology that they've offered, one of the cool things that I think, um, I like, you know, especially thinking about the world we lived in this past year where we were working from home, we were on, you know, out and about. Um, the gear shifter you, at the touch of a button will fold flat. The center storage will then flip over and now you've got a workstation for your laptop. So, you know, for me, I've taken my kids to dance class, but I have to sit outside and wait. I can't go and wait in the lobby anymore. So I'm, I'm spending about 45 minutes sitting in my car. With this kind of feature in the F-150, I could do that, bring out my laptop and have a space to actually set my laptop and, and do some work. Um, and, and some will say, well, why don't they just do the digital, you know, gear selectors like a lot of manufacturers are doing? Well, you know, a lot of the owners of Ford F-150s liked the traditional gear selector. And so they kept it in there and, and came up with this way of, of making it fold flat. And 
it seems like a pretty simple concept, but from a usability and function, I, I really enjoyed that feature. I, I put it to use several times during my week with the F-150. Yeah, it's definitely form and function made it beautifully together by Ford. And what I also like, too, is that if you're getting just a base model, again, if you're that contractor, you're not being short changed on any of the interior stuff as well it's just a it's just a great truck uh jim where can we find out more about the ford f-150 hybrid you can read both mark or my reviews at drivechicago.com you can also check out our youtube channel where i put together kind of a video summarizing uh my week with the f-150 and then some of the highlights there and while you're on the website be sure to check out our car care page uh, sponsored by turtle wax coming up don smith joins us from d Coming up, Don Smith from BMW joins us to talk about the iX. You're listening to Drive Chicago on WLSAM 890. Welcome back to Drive Chicago, where we talk about cars, trucks, SUVs, and a lot more. I'm Rob Martier, and with me is DriveChicago.com General Manager Mark Bielik and Chicago Auto Show Marketing Director Jim O'Brill. And happy to be joined by Don Smith. He is the Product Manager at BMW, and he's here to talk to us about the iX. Don, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. And uh, this BMW is a great vehicle, and it's also going to be at next month's Chicago Auto Show. Why don't you just kick us off by telling us a little bit about the BMW i for those who aren't familiar? Yeah, so uh, the BMW iX is basically our flagship for electromobility. Um, we actually started launching uh, BMW i as a sub-brand uh, roughly seven years ago with the i3, all-electric all i3, and the plug-in hybrid i8. Uh, so it's been about seven years, and we're really excited now because the iX is the flagship for our, electro, um, uh, for our electric future with BMW. What kind of response have you been getting from consumers, Don? Uh, it's been great. So it really is um, the right car for the right time. So it's fully electric. It's a mid-sized SUV. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with our X5, I mean, it's roughly the same um, dimensions of the X5, the length and the width. Uh, it's a little bit lower, so it has a great coefficient of drag. It's uh, very streamlined. Um, and, of course, we're expecting an all-electric range of about 300 miles. Uh, so it's the right car for the right time, and, and we're really, really thrilled about this one. Don, can you talk a little bit about the design on the new iX? It's it's certainly a little bit different look from what we've seen on other BMWs, notably that new front end and the new uh, larger grille is uh, a, a very new and futuristic look to it. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you guys went about uh, designing this vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely looks a bit different than what you're used to from BMW. Uh, we did um, push the boundaries a bit further. It's something we call monolithic, and we define it as monolithic because the car looks as if it's cast or, or created from a single piece. So it's very modern. It's very streamlined. Um, and that actually is its more than just creating a very progressive-looking futuristic vehicle, but it's also about uh, functionality. So the, the coefficient of drag on this car is actually 0.25. Um, and just to put that in perspective, those of you who are familiar with our i8 plug-in hybrid sports car, that had a coefficient of drag of 0.27. So believe it or not, we have this mid-sized SUV, which is more aerodynamic than our very low, sleek sports car. Uh, and, of course, that pays dividends in range. Uh, and, and you also mentioned the grill. So, of course, on a fully electric car, you don't need a big grill to cool the engine. So what we did is we actually closed off this grill completely. Uh, we call it an intelligence panel. And this is actually now where we house sensors for driving and parking assistance. So they're very neatly integrated. You don't notice that they're there. They're hidden. Um, and, and that, of course, provides support for driving and parking assistance. 
And we even covered it in a special material, a self-healing polyurethane. So it self-heals, and what that means is minor scratches can repair themselves uh, basically over the course of 24 hours at room temperature or if it was warmer, even quicker. Uh, so, so it's very sleek, um, and, yeah, it, it really um, looks modern and, and helps with the range. So, Don, uh, Jim's always concerned about the look. I'm, I'm concerned about what's under the skin. And, and this vehicle is not only unique in the electric powertrain that it offers, and we can get into that in a second, but it's also unique in the construction. Talk a little bit about how you guys built this car and how it's different than a traditional car. Yeah, so the use of materials is interesting. We, we use an aluminum space frame. Um, this, this platform was specifically designed for electric mobility, so uh, meaning the batteries are low and in between the wheelbase. Um, of course, that keeps the center of gravity low uh, and helps for performance for a great drive. And uh, in the BMW i tradition, we've also used a high amount of carbon fiber reinforced plastic as well. Uh, so basically, uh, from the A-pillar, which is on the side, um, on the side of the front area of the door, all the way through the rocker panel, and then up into the the C pillar, which is just uh, after the rear door, we have carbon fiber. We also have carbon fiber in the rear. When you open the hatch, you can see it displayed prominently. Um, and in the tradition of BMWi, we we show that we don't paint it, we don't cover it up because it's part of the story of using these really innovative materials that help with rigidity, and they're also very lightweight. He is Don Smith, the product manager at BMW. We're talking about the BMW iX. So, Don, we've got the wind tunnel testing, check. We've got a nice center of gravity on the vehicle, check. What type of range are we looking at? So we're expecting 300 miles on the EPA cycle. Uh, the official confirmation will come later in the year, uh, probably in Q3 or Q4. But we are very confident that we'll see around 300 miles of EPA-rated range for this car. So definitely it's uh, enough range for pretty much any driver. And it looks like you've got two motors for a combined output of about a 516 horsepower, which is par for the course with BMW. Um, zero to 60 time, you guys are quoting in about 4.6 seconds, which, you know, is awesome. <laughs> I can remember when that was only ultra performance sports cars would get that. And now you've got a four-door wagon crossover doing that, which is amazing. Um, but I think most importantly, from my perspective, you can charge very, very quickly. Talk about the, the fast charging with this vehicle. Yeah, so this iX comes standard with 11 kilowatts AC charging. Uh, and what that means is at a peak charge, you can achieve from zero to about 100% in, in under 11 hours. Uh, and so from our point of view, uh, what we like to do for our EVs is ensure that you can get a full charge overnight at home. So let's say you arrive at home after work, uh, you'd be able to plug it in on a wall box or 240-volt charging station, and we like to ensure that by the time you leave for your commute in the morning, you should be back to 100%. So that's the level two AC charging. The vehicle actually comes standard with something we call the Flex Charger, which is a portable unit that works on both 120 and 240 for maximum flexibility. Uh, that's rated at 9.6, so a full charge would be a little bit more than 11 hours. And our DC fast charging is actually up to 200 kilowatt. And what that means is you can get roughly 90 miles of range in about 10 minutes uh, at that full charging rate. Uh, or uh, you can get from 10 to 80 percent in probably about 35 to 40 minutes. Don, let's go inside this BMW iX. Let's talk about the tech that is offered. People always interested in that. And uh, what type of space should people expect inside the vehicle? 
Yeah, so it's really roomy. Uh, we really made uh, great use of this ED architecture, so the floor is completely flat. There's a ton of leg room. Um, official stats on interior dimensions will be available later, uh, but at least from a field perspective, I think it offers more passenger space than even our X5. Um, the, the design is also very modern, so it's definitely a breakthrough uh, from a BMW design perspective. And we're launching for the first time iDrive 8. So this is our eighth generation operating system in the vehicle. And what we've done is we've actually reduced the number of buttons in the vehicle by about half. Uh, we didn't delete all of the buttons, but we focused more on voice and on touchscreen. But we always kept that classic iDrive controller in the center console. Because from our point of view, this is really the right balance between physical controls, touchscreen, and voice for an optimal driving experience uh, and user experience in the vehicle. Hey, Don, w one quick thing about uh, the iX. I, I was doing a little bit of work of getting this vehicle up on the website and everything and for the auto show, and uh, it's got a really unique kind of sunroof. Talk a little bit about that, because I, I don't know that people have seen anything like this before. Yeah, so this is a great feature. We're debuting it on the iX, and it is standard equipment. Uh, it's an electrochromatic shaded roof, and basically what we have is one solid piece of glass that goes from almost the front of the vehicle to the rear and from side to side. It's the largest panoramic roof we've ever offered. And rather than have a mechanical shading, like a roller blind, for example, it has an electric version. And basically at the touch of a button, it transforms the glass from transparent to opaque. And that opaque view is like a milky white. Think of it like a frosted glass. Uh, so this really um, is unique, it's innovative, and it helps block out the sun. And what's really cool is when you park the car and you shut it off, it automatically changes back to the opaque to help keep the sun out while you're parked. Don, good stuff. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. We'll see you next month. All right. Thanks, guys. Don Smith, product manager at BMW. We've been talking about the iX. Coming up, it's our quick spin segment. Jim, we'll talk about the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. It's all right here on Drive Chicago on WLS AM 890. Welcome back to Drive Chicago. We talk about so many cars, trucks, and SUVs that something likely piques your interest. To learn more about them and see pictures, you can log on to drivechicago.com or check out Drive Chicago on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. I'm Rob Martier, and joining me is Mark Bielek, GM of Drive Chicago, and Chicago Auto Show Marketing Director Jim O'Brill. And Jim, a quick spin segment. We haven't done this in a while. Let's take a look at the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. Yeah, I figured we'd spend some time. We're talking so much about EVs lately and, and full electric vehicles. We're also seeing the emergence of a lot of plug-in hybrids to mainstream vehicles, and, and the Chrysler Pacifica is one of those. And while the plug-in hybrid variant of the Pacifica has been around for a few years, I think it first debuted back in 2017, the 2021 model receives all the same benefits and updates that the non-hybrid version received as well. Uh, we first saw this at the 2020 Chicago Auto Show. Uh, the Pacifica Hybrid is powered by a 3.6 liter V6 engine and two electric motors uh, that are backed up by a 16 kilowatt lithium ion battery. And that delivers a combined 260 horsepower. It's exclusively available with front wheel drive and is mated to a continuously variable uh, transmission. And while that overall horsepower is kind of is somewhat less than the non-hybrid V6, which gets uh, I think 287 horsepower, the electrification gives it some zip off the line with estimates of zero to 60 time in 7.8 seconds. And it's just such a smooth transition from gas to electric in this car. There's no hesitation and no jerkiness. Um, it, and it kind of seems like the added weight of the battery, you know, kind of has it even more grounded. It, it not, 
dare I say sporty in a minivan, but uh, <laughs> I was really impressed with driving. I was hoping you'd use that word. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to even use that word. But, you know, and the plug-in aspect is just more and more cars are having this plug-in. And what people don't know is like, you can plug that into your regular outlet. So when you get home at night, um, it's not going to charge super fast, but just, just like you charge your cell phone, you plug in your car in the garage in your standard outlet. And at the end of the day, the next morning, you've at least, I think in the case of the Pacifica hybrid, it delivered about 20 or so miles of electric range. And that would be there in the morning. So if your commute's not that long, you can use that electric range and then charge it while you're at the office, if you have the ability or, or plug into a quick charge and you have that 20 miles to go home. Um, and, and that's really where the value of a Pacifica hybrid is. You know, When it arrived with its, a full 19 gallon fuel tank, it offered a range of 520 miles. Uh, that's going to get you on a pretty decent road trip, which is what minivans are great for, for the family. All right. So if the little ones are in. Yeah, I don't think your kids are going to make it 500 miles before they <laughs> stop for the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, if the juice boxes are flying around in the back, you're going to have to stop to go potty at some point in time. Well, and, and, you know, that's the other thing with, with, with Chrysler. Mark said this in uh, our, our segment talking about the F-150. You know, Chrysler knows what it's doing in the minivan game. And, yeah. and they think about those things when you have family, you know, whether it's the built-in entertainment in the back my kids get excited when i roll up in a new supra or i roll up in the in the big ram trx to drive but it's funny because they also really remember vehicles like the pacifica hybrid that has the game system that they can flip up and, and play little matching games in the back um, and and they've added things like the fam cam that you can click a button in the dash and, and see the family in the back so things like that um, is really what separates Chrysler from the pack. But we'll see because we've got the new Toyota Sienna hybrid that just came out, um, and that's exclusively a hybrid. And then the new Kia Carnival looks to be uh, bringing in some significant competition to the minivan segment as well. So they're hot on Chrysler's heels here. It took me a long time to get little Ava Martyr out of the Chrysler Pacifica at last year's auto show. She just loved jumping around on that thing, and she said, I probably should buy one. That's not going to happen right now. Uh, Mark, I, I love the the fact that um, on this hybrid model, you can just take the conventional uh, extension cord and go ahead and plug it in. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, Jim mentioned it. I mean, if you don't drive a lot, if you use this like as a grocery getter, you know, take the kids to practice, whatever, you might be able to stay in electric mode most of the time, except for when you go on that road trip, which is kind of how Chrysler intended it. Um, and if that's the case, you can save a bundle on fuel, especially if you charge at night, you know, every night, you just plug it in. Uh, I, I just think it, it makes sense in a vehicle like this, um, where you can help increase mileage uh, for that around town driving. And then you still got the regular gas engine for those road trips uh, to the Disneyland or Great America or wherever <laughs> you're going. <laughs> so once again, good job by Chrysler with this Pacifica. Gentlemen, we wrap up another week. Mark Bielek, General Manager of Drive Chicago and Chicago Auto Show Marketing Director Jim O'Brill. Next week, we will take a look at the Ram TRX. That's a truck. In the meantime, Jim, where can listeners find out about vehicles, car care, and more? You can visit drivechicago.com or follow us on any of our social channels, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. If you missed any part of today's or previous shows, you can check out the podcast at wlsam.com. Drive Chicago brought to you by Bettenhausen Automotive of Tinley Park and Orland Park. It's BettenhausenAutomotive.com. As always, a big thank you to our executive and technical producer, Michael Garay, for putting together today's show. Drive Chicago will be back next week right here on WLS AM 890. 
Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Listen. 